This is the Icon Podcast, a community of trained readers reflecting Jesus with Michael Burns and Jason Alexander. I'm your host, Gianna Hearn. We have been in Revelation, and we're going to kind of keep that going, but we're going to make it a little more personal today. Um, We have Michael and Jason all together, the whole gang here. Michael recently had, unfortunately, uh, a sad situation, and that will be kind of the premise and the reason as to why we're we're taking a little personal turn. Michael, you want to share what's kind of going on? Yeah. So... You know, it's one of those things. So, so yesterday we had to say goodbye to our dog who, our oldest dog, we had two dogs and this is Johnny Cash was his name. Um, we've, we've had him since, gosh, our youngest son was about four and our oldest son was like 11 and they're 28 and 20 now, so almost 17 years. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, we took him into the vet, and it was it was time. He was lo- losing a lot of body weight and just couldn't, couldn't walk, you know, very well anymore and a lot of, a lot of problems. And, and so it was, you know, the – the vet and we talked with our family just felt like it was time. And and it's interesting because I didn't think like, if I'm honest, you know, I would see people post from time to time or whatever, like, Oh, I had to say goodbye to our pet. And I'd be like, okay, you know, I I feel bad. I know it's can be tough. I know we can get, you know, connected to our pets, but kind of in the back of my mind, like, you know, but it's, it's an animal. Like, you know, I mean, like, okay, it won't be that big of a, a deal um, until it happened to us. And and I lost, you know, dog, we had dogs growing up and they died, but I don't know either, either my, I've not retained memories or it just didn't hit me in the same way, but it was a really hard day uh, for my wife, our boys and it was challenging. Even, even our other dog is not, I don't, you know, I don't know the degree to which she understands, but I think she's kind of figured it out and she's, uh, fairly depressed. It seems like, although she's, you know, doing okay overall. But so anyways, you know, we were talking and Jason was really helpful and, and sent me some very kind and helpful and encouraging texts yesterday. And then I said, you know, uh, it's not a topic I've talked about a ton before, or certainly haven't taught about, but I've had a lot of people ask me over the years, like, Hey, what happens to our pets? We talk about, you know, resurrection or heaven or whatever. Um, will our pets be there? Will we see them again? And, and so I, I started to think about it. And I said, Hey, Jason, what if we just kind of had a conversation about that today? Would that be too, self-indulgent or off topic or not be interesting to anyone. And, and Jason was like, let's do it. Um, I think it'd be great. And of course you were, you were game as well. Um, so yeah, we're just going to kind of have a conversation today and we don't, we don't have an outline. We don't have a plan. We're just going to see where it goes and hopefully people will find it interesting or helpful um, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about animals and grief and the future and 
the the ages to come and all of that. Yeah, so some pretty heavy stuff. So also, this could be triggering to some people. So just trigger warning, this is a topic we're talking about for the rest of the episode. And it also could be encouraging. You know, we don't know where we're going with this. So just so everyone's aware, but uh, we all want to rally around Michael and the Burns family. And we're grateful you're sharing the story and opening up this conversation. Because, you know, a, a lot like what you said prior, you know, it's like, oh, it's an animal. I have never, ever been an animal person. If you know me, I'm like, I just don't get attached to animals until we got our own dog, Copper, who I love, but I didn't want an animal. I kind of like compromised for my husband because he wanted animals. And I was like, fine, if we do it, it's got to be hypoallergenic. That's the only way. So this is the dog we're getting. Are you good? (laughs) Um, But now it's like, oh, Copper's a lot of work. He costs us a lot of money when we travel so much for work, but we could never like think, oh, he's not a part of our family. So when you shared the news or uh, I heard it from your wife, I was like, it instantly made me think of, wow, Copper could be with us and be with Zariah for 18 years of her life. And this really be a big part of her family and our family for a long time and how hard that would be. Um, It's like, how do you prepare for something like that? And, you know, begs the question, that we're talking about, what happens, where they go. And I know I really struggled with that, losing my grandfather this past year. Um, and so I think it, it's a timely topic. Everyone has either known someone that's dealt with grief or has had to deal with it themselves. Um, Jason, I know we were talking a little bit earlier, but you too have lost a dog. And Michael said you sent him some encouraging texts. I feel like I don't know what to tell people during times of grief. Um, and so you going through that yourself, what, what was kind of like your perspective and how to encourage your friend? Oh yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> well, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize I, I had encouraged Michael. That's, that's, that's awesome. But you know, I think, um, yeah, uh, you know, my heart breaks when I see, um, you know, especially on like Instagram or, you know, social media people posting about, you know, their, their, their final hours with their, their pet, um, be, because I've had to go through that a number of times, you know, growing up, you know, do- dogs only live like, I mean, if you get 10 years out of some dogs, that's a long life. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, it's not funny, but, um, when, we had a dog cuz okay so for Justine and I we we have uh battled infertility for our whole marriage we we weren't able to have children biologically um and so we got this dog that became like our son <laughs> like we were one step away from putting it in a stroller and pushing it around um, like people do, by the way, all over Palm Springs. They um, really, they really do, and wear them in the baby wearing huge... thing on their chest. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing people like I carry Zariah on my chest in the thing. They're carrying That's dogs a huge like California that. thing. When oh, it's, we went it's out there, bizarre. People yeah. like just everywhere with their dogs in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say it's bizarre. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. I, <laughs> there, but yeah. I, we were almost one of those people, you know, ahead of, ahead of our time, but not really. But you know, just <laughs> just such like we were a family, you know. My wife and I and our dog it was a brown lab named Grover, um, 
And he lived 14 years and he, he died just as we uh, were able to adopt our daughter. It was like, as soon as she came into our life, that was kind of the end of his road. And we had to make that incredibly difficult decision to, um, to take him to the vet for that, you know, that, that last, that last moment of his life. Um, but, you know, it, it put me in a position. Now I have this dog and I, we got another dog. Um, but it was about six years later or whatever. And I didn't even want to get another dog because it was so painful because it's like a down payment on pain. <laughs> like when you buy a dog, you're basically guaranteeing 10 years of incredible joy that will inevitably come crashing down in pain because, you know, they don't live forever. And it's almost like my life can be charted by the different dogs that I've had, you know, every 10 years or so we, you know, I get an, get a new dog. Um, but it's just, it's really painful. Um, it, and I don't know what it is, but I don't know, Michael, if this is your experience, but you know, I've, I've cried harder at the loss of some of my pets than I have of human beings, <laughs> you know, going to human funerals. There's just like, and I don't know if it's the helplessness that, you know, being, having to make the decision to, you know, quote, put them to sleep or what it is, but man, the, the sadness and the absence you feel like you talked about Michael this morning, letting your other dog out, uh, out in the morning and the other in your, in Johnny wasn't there. It's like coming home and seeing the dish or their leash or their toys. And it's just this absence of this incredibly joyful creature that populated your home for so long (laughs) and it's gone. You know, it's just, it's, um, it's a heavy kind of sadness. So, um, yeah. I, so I've, yeah, I, I don't, you know, don't mean to sound trite, but I feel your pain. It's just, it's, it's awful. No, I, I appreciate it. And, and you're, you're spot on. I, I never would have imagined like even, you know, I was like, okay, you know, you, it'll be a sad thing, but feeling the level of emotion that you do and even yesterday afterwards i mean it was really tough being there and i I won't go into all of that but people have gone through it know that it's it's not the funnest thing in the world um there's a peaceful quality to it but it's you know it's it's tough but then last night i came home and i was making some food or something and i went into the pantry and there's this little uh, basket in the pantry that has the dog stuff. And I just happened to glance down and look at it. And then I pulled it out for a second and there was, um, the, the, so when he was, as he was getting older, his last few years in Minnesota, the cold was really tough on him. And he would like basically from November through April, just wear a jacket around all the time. Cause he'd be cold in the house and everything. And so he he hasn't needed that in Texas uh, because it's nice and warm here. But as I pulled it out, I saw his little jacket. And then, you know, I just kind of got feeling emotional and it was it was challenging, you know. And so, um, yeah, more than I would have thought. You know, people like to say it's better to have loved than to not loved at all. Is it? Is it really? I'm not sure that's the case. Um, No, I'm sure it's the case. Like the different types of love that I've gotten in different types of relationships, it's definitely worth it. But 
you know, it, it's hard losing people, losing animals is just rough. Um, and so we're, we're not going to not share any scripture. Michael, you had a scripture that happens to be in Revelation that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I mean, there's a number. And so, I, you know, I think the the question goes to and you know if if my memory serves it's a it's a little foggy yesterday but i think you know my wife actually raised the question of like you know do we see our pets again will we see them and the before i even read the revelation i think um the 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 lyrics i'm i'm trying to pull them up here that really were in my mind yesterday in fact i i played this song as we were driving to the vet yesterday and it's it's by johnny cash uh gianna you won't know this song uh, jason okay. you might <laughs> do you know any johnny cash songs Let's Gianna, just can you maybe hum it or one? sing it. No, I, I'm I can't name okay. anybody's songs. Like I just know the lyrics. I don't know artists. Have, okay. Have you ever heard of Johnny Cash, the singer? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's popular. Okay. Historically okay. Right. popular. Yeah, he, yeah, he really is. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a, he, he has a song. He has a song called "Further On Up the Road." And uh, the chorus says, further on up the road, further on up the road, where the way is dark and the night is cold. But one Sunday, one sunny morning will rise, I know, and I'll meet you further on up the road. And so that song stayed with me, those lyrics, like, will we see him further on up the road? You know, is that, um, and again, over the years, I've had many people ask me that, and I've just kind of said, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I, I actually saw your post on Facebook and you had mentioned something about seeing him again. And I was wondering about the topic we're talking about now. I was like, oh, does Michael believe that? Do I believe that? What What is going on here? Well, I don't know. And the, the Facebook post actually quoted from this song. That's what I wrote is, you know, Johnny, you know, hopefully... I think I said, hopefully someday we'll meet further on up the road. But I, you know, in in Revelation, so this still makes this part of our Revelation series. It's it says, then I saw a new heaven and new earth. We talked about the new Jerusalem last time, and this is that vision for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so there's a there's a, a, a nowness to this, but there's also this future hope. And it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He, he was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. And the part that jumps out at me, and I, I, I really just want to have this discussion. I want to hear what Jason has to say on this, is the idea here is making all things new, not making new things. And so 
it seems to be here pointing to an ultimate moment of physical creation being restored. Uh, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans 8, 21 to 23, that the, the creation is groaning. All creation is groaning. And it'll be liberated, redeemed, resurrected in a sense. And so my question is, doesn't the new world need to be corresponding somehow to the old world? Or those things aren't true. People, nature, animals, will they be restored? You know, Matthew points to the renewal of all things in uh, Matthew 19, verse 28. And, and one other verse, Jason, let me read this and then, then I'll let you go um, and correct me and oh, clear yeah. all this up. Yeah, you'll let me go and shed light on a subject yeah. for which there is no answer. <laughs> well, I figured you are going to clear yeah. this all up for us. There but, we go, okay. Um, Psalm 104 and verse 24, it says, How many are your works, Lord, in wisdom? You made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Now, let me just stop and say, I know Psalms are poems and it's dicey ground to get our um, theology from the Psalms. But I, still, I think there's truth in the Psalms and I find this interesting. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro and Leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they're terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. But And this is the verse that's really interesting to me, verse 30. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So Jason, clear this clear this all up for us. Okay. What what <laughs> happens here? Yeah, right. Uh well, I, that's I'm that's exciting that you you found that passage. That that occurred to me actually yesterday um that that's just such a wow, just what a great thought. You know this. You know God. God uh, gives life, and it, it goes back to Him. Um, and you pair that with what you read in Revelation, and you're left with the suspicion that um, what's done might not be done. You know, like d- death in all of its negative effects. Uh, we we might be able to talk about a, a complete reversal at some level. Um, but yeah, so someone will inevitably point to, um, uh, be, since we're reading Revelation, verse 15, chapter 22, verse 15, where it says, regarding this heavenly city, uh, outside are the dogs, <laughs> right? Like, uh, there's this line that says, no dogs in heaven, um, contrary to Disney's uh, beliefs that all dogs go to heaven. Um, but I, obvious, I, well, this should be obvious there. Um, dog doesn't mean canines, uh, but it's a metaphor for, 
um, a kind of person. Um, the dogs don't get great publicity <coughs> in in the Bible. Uh, they're um, yeah, I'm thinking of like Isaiah 66 uh, when it describes like you know desecrating the worship at the temple. It talks about one uh, breaking a dog's neck as a sacrifice. Um, and uh, I think of uh, um, Paul talks about in Philippians the dogs that are like savage, you know, people. Uh, so it's just it's a it's a metaphor for um, people who who do wrong. Uh, so dogs dogs have a history in the Bible and in the ancient Near East. Um, not every culture around Israel, some it seems thought dogs were, were sacred. But I just wanted to bring that up because um, that that should not lead us to believe outside are the dogs that that heaven is like just human beings and plants or something like that. Um, but, the, you know, yeah, a- animal, animal, animals it, are not like throwaway creations in the world. And I think there's a number of ways in which we don't pick up on the, the, how sacred animal life is. And I think about this on a regular basis because I eat a meal on a regular basis. And nine times out of 10, my meals involve meat from something that previously was a living, breathing creature. And we talk about blessing the food, you know, God make this food, give strength to our bodies to do your will, all of that. Uh, But one thing that I think gets missed on a regular basis is that this was a living thing that had to yield its breath and blood to sustain me. Like my, my living is brought to me by some other living thing. And, and there, there should be an acknowledgement of that. Now in our society, we imagine chicken, you know, is made in a factory. We're at such a remove from the life animal life, right? Like we, we buy our chicken. We don't kill chickens. They, they're in a package. Carl Budig (laughs) makes our chicken. Oscar Meyer makes our turkey. You know, we, we don't, we're at such a remove from killing an animal. And I remember, um, my friend, uh, with some friends of his, uh, who were Muslim, uh, together bought and slaughtered a goat. And I remember him telling me, like, it was an experience like he had never had. Just, you know, feeling the animal breathe between his his legs and and having to take its life. And just such a sobering reality that, you know, every day we we eat meat. But that part of it is way out of sight. So I know this sounds gruesome. We're talking about comfort. but, But my point is, this is why I think... When you read all of the laws and say like Leviticus, um, when you kill an animal in in the Bible, the laws require you to pour the blood out to God. It's it's life. You're to treat the the meat that you're going to eat, just even like secular butchering of an animal. You're to acknowledge that it belongs to God and pour its life back out and cover it with the ground. You're not allowed to eat the blood 
uh, uh, um, because it, it's its life, and you're to treat it with regard. Um, and I grew just or Michael and I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'm used to like you know growing up like hearing the stories of hunting where they go kill animals, and it's just like <laughs> you know animals are nothing; you just kill them and you eat them. And but there's something built in to the way the Bible describes animal life that suggests that it one goes back to God. Uh, two is the reason we get to live and breathe at some level, at least for those who are meat eaters. Um, but that it's it's important to God that animals are. are are important to God. Think of Job. The way God calms Job down, so to speak, at the end of Job is to give him a tour, at least for a couple of chapters, of wildlife, right? Hawks and and Leviathan and war horses and all of these things, which I think part of the point is these creatures are important to me. I take care of them. Um, I'm there when they give birth and way up in the hills and you're not there. The, so there's a participation in the animal world that um, that I think we need to acknowledge when we have this discussion. And uh, so, yeah. And then I think of like, you know, I don't know if you remember, um, C.S. Lewis had a book called The Problem of Pain. And he has a few chapters in there on like whether or not animals suffer. Um, and that, you know, it's, a, it's an important discussion, like, because we, we tend to think of the, you know, obviously part of our dignity, right? Our vocation in the story of creation, at least in, in Genesis one is to rule over these creatures. And, and the rule that is indicated is a gentle shepherding, respectful kind of rule. So I, I don't know. I, I'm obviously we have no script here. We're way, you know, deep in the field, but, but my, my basic point is if animals are this important to God and they're this important to us, it's not a leap for me to imagine that the renewed cosmos includes all sorts of wildlife and dangerous creatures, which, which in themselves also say something about God. Um, so to, to, to deprive the new world of all of the, the, the wonder that is, you know, what we call wildlife seems odd and, and bland, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I really like what Michael brought up earlier, just about not ma just making new things, but making things new. Um, that just leads me to ponder all sorts of things like, wow, okay, so all these things we've lost. And I know we don't have answers to all these things, but to me, that's somewhat of a comfort. You know, I don't know how that shakes out, but it doesn't sound bad. It sounds like some things that were either lost or whatever are going to be made new. Same thing that we look forward to as Jesus followers that will be made new, like to think the world, the, you know, the ocean will be made new, you know, all the damage that's happened to the environment, right. like all these right. things will be made new and be, I would just venture off to say in a perfect state, people in a perfect state, animals in a perfect state, environment, like, wow, heaven will be awesome because God has made all things new. The lion and the lamb laying down together, it, like none shall hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, right? There's there's all of these images which seem to include wildlife. 
And my pitch for dogs, here's why you should get a dog. Here's why everyone should have a dog in their <laughs> life. Because they're, 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 the, they're, like the, they're the most amazing of all of the four-legged animals. Um, Agreed. They're, they're just, they're, there's no other creature that I know of which understands loyalty to the degree that they do. And we can truly speak of dogs as like these companions. And it's almost like, you know, after the flood, we get the sense that there was a kind of alienation between the animal world and human beings. Um, and it's almost like God preserved the dog. Like, well, I'll let you guys have the dog. That's how it feels. Like, but but imagine a kind of harmony with that's why I love the Chronicles of Narnia. I, I love that they have this friendship with a lion. That's just so cool to have a friendship mm-hmm. with the, the world around them and to um, you know, to to imagine you know, at the, to the extent that it's possible to have intimacy with animals. It's just, nothing seems better to, to me. I think to all of us, when we think about it, it's why we go to the zoo, right? We're, we're, we're enamored by the wonder of these animals and we'd love to get beyond the bars, you know, of a lot of these and have closeness and feel safe with them. And the dog is like this, almost like a signpost of that reality. You get to experience what it's like to have a relationship with an animal that understands loyalty and friendship. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I love that, Jason. And let me add to that even more. So, so here's here's a sermon for you. Here's here's a sermon topic. If you're listening to this and you uh, are uh, ha- are in the position where you're able to preach sometimes, go ahead and steal this as a sermon topic. Because here's, here's something I learned from our dogs, which I think is really amazing. And it's an instinct that I think is given to them by God is, so as, as I mentioned, we've had Johnny for, you know, the better, more than a decade and a half. And Four and a half years ago, we got a rescue dog named Shaka Zulu. And Johnny is a little, for for those who don't know him, by the way, he's a Norway, uh, sorry, Karen and Boston Terrier mix. And so he kind of looked like a miniature hyena a little bit, you know. He's a a kind of wire hair, right? Wire haired, yeah, brindle colored, you know, kind of that tricolor kind of a hyena look and um you know weighed about 25 pounds in his heyday and then we have this larger dog that's a she's a boxer a rhodesian ridgeback mix it's just a golden color really pretty dog and from pretty much the moment we got her and she felt like okay i'm here this is my place this is my pack um she started doing this really odd behavior that I would observe, and she did it without fail. And by that time, when we got hurt, Johnny was already like four years ago. We were starting to think, boy, he's getting old, and we're not sure how long he's going to make it. And having her around like totally rejuvenated him for a good three years. We were like, whoa, this is a whole new dog. And but she would wait whenever they would go outside. She would sort of watch over him and stand by there while he was going to the bathroom, whether it was number one or two. <laughs> but she would wait 
And then after he went, she would always go over to the spot where he went, smell it, and then pull right up on that spot and urinate over it. And so I was like, what weird thing is that? Is this like a jealousy thing or whatever? And so I looked it up and it turns out that this is behavior to protect older, weaker members of the pack. It it covers up their scent so that no predator can smell like, oh, there's an old weak one here. And so basically in reading again about it further, that the dynamics of a dog pack, the most important member of the pack is the weakest member. Everybody else, like their role is to protect the weakest member of the pack, to, you know, shield them, to caretake for them. And that when the weakest member of the pack or the oldest member, you know, dies, it actually causes much more mourning and grief in the pack because they've sort of lost their purpose, which what an amazing lesson for us, you know, it's like in Christian communities, even there is like, and I'm not saying we should take every lesson from the animal world because there's some places where that wouldn't hold true. But what, what a great lesson of like, man, are we defined by the way we protect the weakest members of our pack you know and so i i thought that was really cool but let me gian any thoughts no i just think it's it's just really cool to think about like it's not something i would probably sit and think about it yet maybe it's because in my younger years in life i haven't dealt with too much grief and i like I said, I didn't really have pets. We had a few cats, which I did not like cats growing up. So I just never was fond of animals. <laughs> I won't tell you what me and my friends called cats because a lot of people love cats, including my husband and his family. So I'm not going to say it. But Oh, I kind of um, want to know now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you, can, no, I, you can tell us I'll later. I'll tell you later. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but I think it's just really cool to think about and... Um, also kind of to help because I know a lot of like kids are affected by the passing of animals. So like, what is Z going to ask me when copper passes? That will inevitably happen. I will be the parent now in the situation having to give her answers. And will that affect like her view of God or heaven or like all these things? So I just think it's cool to be talking about it now and learn from you guys and hear your thoughts on it. Well, well and, here, here's where I'm at. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was just going to comment on the, the whole dogs protecting the weak thing. That's that's really cool because obviously, you know, nature is savage. Like if, um, uh, uh, there's 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 a lot of blood. There's a lot of uh, you know, just, kill or be killed. Yeah, cold. It's cold in many respects. Um, but but there are indications, and that's why this is again why I think dogs are so cool. That there, it's not all as what Alfred Lord Tennyson said: "Red in tooth and claw." That that there is even suggestions of of mercy and compassion uh, in, in the in the fabric of creation, even in the in the animal world. It's just it it. It's comp- complex. The world is very complex, and there's there's things like that happening, like in a pack of dogs or in a beehive, uh, that are just replete 
with sermons, right? Like insight into just how deep this thing goes. It was really cool. So anyways. Yeah. There's a lot there. Let, let me say this. This is kind of where I'm at. I think when, when I look at Scripture, it's not definitive, right? But when I look at Scripture, and Jason, you mentioned that so many of the pictures of the age to come, Isaiah, you know, starting there, feature animal imagery, the, you know, the, the predator laying down with the prey and all of that kind of imagery that we find. I, I find that that would be puzzling to use that imagery if that wasn't going to be part of, although it is imagery and it's poetry, I think part of the age to come. I do think that all creation will be restored all elements of it i think animals are an important part of god's creation i think um i think it's good and okay for people to mourn and grieve losing pets i think god gave us animals and especially dogs as you mentioned and I know other people would want to include certain other breeds in there or, or species in there. Um, I, I agree. Cats are cats are little dictators. They're not pets. So I put them in a different category. They're, they're little terrorists. Um, but dogs are amazing. And I think God gave them to us as companions and, you know, to care for. And I think that was the hard part with our dog is like, I have been the protector of this little dude and cared for him for 17 years. And all of a sudden he's not there. And, you know, that was a difficult part of taking him in was like, he trusts me to protect him. And this is a really hard choice to make. And I am trying to do the most compassionate, loving thing for him. But it's just hard to reconcile. So I, I think we will see animals in the age to come. Um, I do think, let me say this, I think it makes more sense if we have a biblical view that we've talked about so much on this podcast of the renewed, restored creation in the age to come, where if our view of you know the future age is this floating celestial city where we're all you know, spirit and, and not material, not flesh, that kind of thing, then it makes less sense, right? But a renewed creation, it, it makes more sense. Uh, go ahead. No, I, Were you gonna I say was something, just, Jason? Uh, I'll, I'll wait. I, I, I had a thought, but I was think I was sighing because thoughts rarely come to me. Sorry, sorry go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Gianna, were you going to say something? No, you I was looked like make... you had a profound thought on your. No, I was like, the type of heaven I see is me dripping in gold. But no, it was a joke. It was a right. joke, and so I moved on. You know, kind of like J- uh, Jason. Like I had a thought, but it didn't okay. need to be shared. Great. Glad <laughs> glad you've been paying attention throughout the last couple of years, Gianna. You know, um, some no, the, some things take root. Some okay. things don't. Yeah. 
you you go ahead and keep creating your own your own religion. That'll be great. Um, well, so no, all right, let, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to take the opportunity you ask. So th- this is oh, Jason, no. th- this is uh, so so good that you're bringing this up. I think the only way it doesn't work is when we have a a very like platonic view of uh, the what we call the afterlife. Um, but but there's such a thickness to creation in these stories about quote unquote heaven um, that not only is it easy for me to imagine all variety of animals and species, but even beyond species, which include these beasts, right? That are an amalgam of eagles and <laughs> whatever other strange creatures, um, uh, cherubs and whatever a seraph is, presumably some kind of sphinx or fiery serpent. I don't know. Um, but there is, um, there seems to be uh, th- the idea that heaven is is even bigger and more uh, of a full experience than, not less, not um, not uh, less embodied, less creation e, but more so, right? So that's exciting. Yeah. So. When I look biblically again, I I do see that animals have the breath of life sort of language attached to them, not in the same way that humans do. And so the the question though becomes, if we foresee animals being in the age to come, which I'm saying I do, I think that's consistent with what I see in Scripture. Then the question becomes. Is it entirely new animals? Is it, d- does God bring back to life all the animals that ever suffered in the present world? Or is it some sort of combination of that? You know, like, would it be necessary to bring back some saber toothed tiger that lived tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago? Every gnat. Ne- yeah, that never had contact with human beings. Would that be necessary? I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure how it all fit in the new creation, but you know, God can do whatever he wants. What is interesting to me is you mentioned C.S. Lewis earlier, Jason. He argued for kind of a combination and that some animals have such a connection to humanity as companions that they would be redeemed and restored in the age to come, that that God, um, it, that it would be just like God to want to please humanity to include those pets that had such a strong connection in the future age and that they would, in their connection to human beings, be part of that. There's no scripture we can point to for certain that says that or even hints at that, but I like it. Yeah, (laughs) I I do too. Right. And if, if all goes back to God, there's a kind of relief there for us. Like, okay, like the life, anything that's alive and, you know, is buzzing around in this world has its origin in the in its life sources the same God to whom from whom we get our life and so I love that psalm that 
you know, <clears throat> and there's some confusion. It seems like even in Ecclesiastes, there's like, who knows what happens to an animal? Does it go down and people go up? I, we, we don't know. Um, that's chapter so, three, verse 21, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. There, yeah, there's a, yeah. um, that's you know, no, no really, one knows, yeah. but, but I like what you're saying. Like there, you know, honey, for example, is there going to be honey in the age to come? If you need, if there's honey, then there's bees, you know, but I'm cool if there's no spiders and right? in the age to come <laughs> or, or flies or <laughs> scorpions or, or whatever else. But I, re- but this is such a confusing thing. I remember when Grover, my dog, and we, we, we spent, you know, so thousands of dollars trying to keep him alive for, you know, he, he went a few extra years, but I remember we were facing giving him this heart situation. He had a heart problem. And, and I was talking to a friend, a Christian friend, like, you know, do I spend these $2,500 to do this procedure that may or may not extend his life? And then we're broke, but I got my dog back for a while. And he said to me like, well, if you want to, but if not, you know, it's not like dogs have souls. So, you know what, you know, whatever. And, and there's a part of me that's like, huh. And I, I'm sure I'd heard that before, but it just felt like maybe that's true, but that doesn't sound perfectly true. Like that doesn't sound like the best rationale, but I think that's how we tend to look at animals. Like they don't have souls. God ain't going to save them. Um, but I like what you're saying. It's not a matter of saving the soul of a fly or something like that. It's more the, the idea that, um, you know, I want to say humans are at the center, but it's our connection to them that gives some of their meaning. Although in the book of Job, it, it seems like there's a world without reference to humans. Like animals don't need, to, like the ostrich, God loves the ostrich, but we think they're stupid, right? So there's, um, but anyways, I'm, I'm rambling, but yeah, does God, if God resurrects every living thing that ever lived, heaven is going to be so full of chickens and like, <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, it'd be ridiculous. You wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> chickens my, with a lot of questions. Oh my goodness. My probably biggest thing is like, like when we hear like, oh, there's no marriage in heaven. Okay, well then, so when I see Reggie, if that happens, I don't really know how this works. Will I understand our previous relationship? Will I recognize my familiarity with him? So the same question would be for yes, a lost yes. dog. If the right. dog does show up where I am and his presence, okay, Copper, do I recognize that's Copper? And I I understand my endearment and my love for him and things like that. That will be my question, really. Um, I hope so. I'm like, okay, so they're in a better place or we'll see you down the road. But when I see you, will I know you? That's my my type of thing. Um, but I think a really, really good discussion here. Michael, anything else you want to say as we wrap it up? Well, you've done it again, Gianna. You've brought up <laughs> a really a really important, huge topic and then said, but let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but I, in short, yes, of course, I think we will recognize one another. I don't think our relationships in the age to come will be less. They will be more somehow. I, I don't. I don't know how, but I think they they will be more. And so I I do think that there will be animals in the new creation, and I would very much like to think 
that we will see our friends, our little furry friends again one day. And I see nothing in scripture that precludes that. I like it. I like it. I think we've got to a good point. And I think a lot of our listeners will be interested because I know there's just so many animal loving people in the world. Um, you know, people that didn't get raised like me, a heathen who hates animals. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys, thanks for sticking with us this episode. Thanks for listening to us and hearing. We'd love to hear your stories um, about your pets and what you've seen in the Bible as you try to reconcile or just deal with grief in general um, that helps you. Uh, but thanks so much, guys. And we look forward to talking with you or hearing you or listening to us next time. <laughs>